This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. And good morning, everybody. We've got three hours and this should be a fun show. You know, lots going on in the National Football League. You know, assistant coaches, head coaches uh, being hired, guys being fired, all the different changes there. Seattle made some big news yesterday. We'll get into that. And, of course, take your phone calls at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's get started with some headlines. Well, no confirmation yet from the Seahawks, but it sure looks like they've solved their defensive uh, coaching issues because it looks like Clint Hurt is going to get promoted to be the defensive coordinator. Ed Donatell, it looks like he's coming over uh, as a defensive assistant. And then, of course, you know they're still talking to uh, you know uh, Sean Mays out of the uh, the uh, Chicago Bears with the idea that maybe they'll bring him on. And so they're all tied to Vic Fangio. And so they're going to bring a little bit of that Vic Fangio-type defense in there and try to see how that adjustment goes, you know, because, again, they all know it, and it was so successful with the Denver Broncos. I mean, the problem with the Broncos is what was going on with their uh, offense, which wasn't good at all. Then, of course, on the other side, uh, you know, some big news from, uh, you know, what you see from Russell Wilson. I mean, he had the skills competition, and he looked great. I mean, his accuracy, I mean, he completed eight out of his first nine passes. I mean, he was the best out there as far as accuracy, which is a good sign. Because, again, I mean, you saw how he struggled last year with that uh, middle finger injury. Now it's a matter of trying to get back and doing more. Uh, you know, as soon as they got the deal done with uh, uh, Clint Hurdle, uh, you got Gus Bradley going over as defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. So he takes over. Looks like the Minnesota Vikings have their coach. It's going to be Kevin O'Connell out of the Rams. The Miami Dolphins are going to probably hire their coach in the next 24 hours. Kellen Moore is in for a second interview. Mike McDaniels, who is a offensive coordinator for San Francisco, he's going in. And so they should have something here maybe as early as Sunday and as late as Monday. And those are our headlines. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. As the show goes on, we'll ask you what do you think of the start to the Seahawks offseason? What do you think of the Seahawks? What direction do you want to see them go? Where do you want to see things going in the National Football League? But let's start off with JB in Renton. Hey, JB. Hey, Mr. Clayton. How are we doing this fine Saturday? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. All right. You sounded much better. I think. I hope you had a little bit of rest to get yourself rejuvenated. Yeah, I still need more, but uh, hey, doing the best mm-hmm. I can. All right. Well, let's keep it up there, sir. Yeah. You know, you, you're talking about that coaching search. Mm-hmm. Right quick. What do you think about that Brian, Brian Flores situation? Uh, the what situation? The Brian Fo- Flores situation. What do you think about Well, that? let's put it this way. Uh... There's merit to what he sued for. Maybe you know, I, I didn't understand why he put the Denver Broncos in there, but uh, you know the fact that you know if things go the way it looks like, and we'll see. I mean, because what, what do you hear out of your New Orleans Saints? Are they just basically going to go through the process of promoting Dennis Allen? Hey, you know, from what it sounds like, I, I, you know, they were all at the Super yeah. Bowl together. Dennis Allen, the whole everybody was there all together with him. Mm-hmm. You know, checking out players. Are they going to sign him? I heard they were going to bring Eric Gianni in for an interview. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. What that comprises of. 
as far as that's concerned or how they're going to coordinate that. But I'm, I'm assuming it's Dennis Allen that's coming Yeah. In well, see, if that, it, that. and I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Dennis Allen. But if that happens, and then you have Miami you know, interviewing two white coaches, and then it still looks, it sounds to me in Houston that they're going to hire Josh McCown, who's never coached. He's the, a longtime quarterback in the National Football League. I mean, there's not going to be a single minority hire of the nine jobs. And that's terrible. It, it, it is terrible, especially with a guy like Eric Bannon. Yeah, I agree. On the Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid for years. I mean, even look at you look at Brian Flores. I mean, he went nine and eight last year mm-hmm. with a depleted team. I mean, he far started the team right before the season, and he still went nine and eight. Yeah. I mean, it just baffles me how they look at or what is they looking at criteria. I mean, can you you look at him that previous head coaches experience, right? And now you have first time head coaches. Josh McCow was just in the league what four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they uh, wanted to hire him last year and didn't. Now, I mean, he's come in for a second interview, and I think there's a decent chance that they're going to hire him, and that, that shuts out. I mean, again, I'm hoping Biena, the gets uh, something. And, of course, right now, the only, op- yeah, the only really? option right now is New Orleans, and I agree with yeah. you. It sounds to me like they're going back to Dennis Allen, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. I understand that. He's an in-house guy. You want to keep the continuity, probably keep the rest of the coaching staff together, mm-hmm. like we talked about last week. Move everybody a step up. Right. But, I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out. I mean, they bring an early game in. I don't know if they're just kicking the tires or they're just going through the motions with the guy. But we'll find out, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the thing I think that happened with Brian Flores that pissed him off with the Denver Broncos is that he said they were, they were – that John Elway came in that kind of inebriated like they were drunk. Mm-hmm. Like they really didn't take him serious when they walked in there. You know, sometimes, you know, if you ever been to a job interview, you can see that they're not taking you serious. They just yeah. going through the motions and, okay, all right, we'll talk to you later. You know, you know in your heart right there, you don't have this job. Yeah, but see, here's here's the difference that I see. You know, is that the, mm-hmm. they had five people from the Broncos executive staff fly down there. Five, right? They flew down right. to Florida. Uh, they had a three and a half hour interview. I mean, you know, it's like that. It's not like they just uh, kicked him aside and said, "Oh yeah, we're we're not doing anything." But you know, they mm-hmm. interviewed they interviewed ten candidates. And when you're interviewing 10 candidates and you want to be the first one done so you can make the coaching higher, I mean, you're moving at a very fast pace. So that's why I thought yeah. you know, putting Denver in there wasn't fair. I mean, certainly uh, with that mess with the emails with uh, Bill Belichick, you know, sending a congratulation to, uh, you know, Brian Flores for getting the job when he hadn't even interviewed yet, when he was actually sending it to Brian Daybold. I mean, I can see him being very upset about that. Certainly he has to be upset about what happened to him with the Miami Dolphins. I and mean, he had two winning seasons. Last year, yeah. he even had a seven-game winning streak. Yeah, and he took him to the playoffs. Well, no, he didn't take him to the playoffs in two years. No, 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 not last year, but the year before that. I mean, didn't he go to a game no. winning season? No, he, he didn't get to the playoffs. Oh. He just won ten games. Oh, okay, all right. But still. You know, you could see there was an upside there mm-hmm. in that team. They played hard. They played. They played physical. Mm-hmm. The defense was pretty good. I, I mean, it was just a shocker to me. Well, we'll wait and see what happens as far as that's concerned with that situation. But you know, as far as the Saints are concerned, you know, 
I still think it's Dennis Allen. I, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe no, I, I would agree. Because, yeah. again, it's like, uh, you know, let's say, for example, that Sean Payton decides after one year doing TV that he wants to come back. Well, then he can come back. And they, have the, right. and they have a whole staff in, in check. So it's like, uh, you know, it leaves that option open for them. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense there, too. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, like you say, out of nine jobs, not one minority. Mm-hmm. That is alarming. That yeah. is, I mean, look at the, look at, not to get on Raider Jim's team, but look at the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, you bring, <laughs> okay. Josh, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I mean, all right. Well, that really, I don't understand that. Yeah, I yeah. I don't get just that one, but that's how that's how some teams feel that they should go in that direction. Mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. The ruling rule really doesn't matter. It's not working. That's for sure. No, because I can just bring you in and interview you. I say, hey, look, I interviewed two guys. Who uh-huh. and that's it. Yeah, because and, and you can't and you can't force owners. To uh, to make hires, uh, you know, they have to make their own decisions. So I don't yes. know what the solution to it is, but they've got to figure out more because it's bad. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, especially on, even in, on the coordinator side, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you look at, like you say, is Kellen Moore going to probably be the coach in Miami? Uh, Kellen Moore or Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniels, yeah, one of the two. Wow, wow, pretty interesting over there. And and Eric Bannon has been sitting next to Andy Reid for how long, Mr. Clay? Mm, five, six years, maybe. Maybe longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you look at Andy Reid's tree, Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. he's got a job in Jacksonville. That that was one of his old disciples that, that stayed with him for a while. You right. Know? And he's going to go to Jacksonville. What do you think about that? Huh? I, I, th- I mean, I, they got lucky because they the job interview system that they had was terrible. But, uh, you know, they get, I think, a very good coach out of it. So I think they came out fine. Yeah. He, he works pretty good with young quarterbacks, too. He did a pretty yeah. good job with Carson Wentz when he was in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So he Agreed. had the propensity of doing pretty good. I think that might help Trevor Lawrence out over there, too. Mm-hmm. And he's got some pretty good parts over there in, in Jacksonville, you know. Not on defense, though. Their defense is terrible. They just have no I, defensive talent. But you know something? I'm going to tell you something, Mr. Clayton. I'll give you I'll give you a couple of games. Yeah. The Buffalo game. The coach, I don't know why. They got the coach number. It's just documented. Mm-hmm. But the Buffalo game when they held they held the Buffalo Bills with nine and six or something like that. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe it was just inspirational football they played that Sunday, but they played pretty good football that they did. Pretty good defense that day. Mm-hmm. I mean it, I mean it's sporadic, you know. It, it was inconsistent. But we'll wait and see what happens and how it turns out. With him being there, I like Joe Peterson. I think he's a real good football coach. I think he got done wrong in Philadelphia. And plus, he's you know? from Ferndale. Yeah, you got to like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hey, he even coached a little bit down in, in Shreveport, Louisiana, in high school, high uh-huh. school football. Yeah. So hey, he might have a little, a little opportunity to get some things done over there, as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. But, but any, what about the Minnesota job? Do you think that was a pretty decent hire? It's okay. I mean, again, it's from the Sean McVay coaching tree, and you know those guys seem to do very well on offense. And you know, naturally, we'll see if he's going to keep uh, Kirk Cousins. I, I would imagine he probably will. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, you know it, it's an okay hire because you know it's, it's, I think I would have preferred. I mean, if I was them, I would have preferred to get Jim Harbaugh, but they didn't even make him an offer. No. Well, what was that all about? Man. 
I, I, <laughs> that's another head scratcher right there. Yeah, I agreed. You know what that was. You bring him in. You know, you, you know his pedigree. You know his criteria. Mm-hmm. You know who he is. The type of coach that he, he, he is as far as the NFL is concerned. And, I mean, you don't even make him an offer. I mean, I don't understand that one. That one Because Jim Harbaugh, I mean, he doesn't want to go through a process. He's like, you want him? Then you offer him. That's it's as simple as that. But to bring him in for an interview and then you know not and then put him back in the plane and send him back home, it's like what the heck is that all about? <laughs> do, do you do you wonder about some of those teams when they yeah. go through their hiring Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like you know, particularly too, and I hope we have some calls on this today too. Is that you know, for so many people that wanted Pete Carroll fired, I mean, do you want to go through that cycle where you know you you, you may have to get two or three or four hires before you get things right. No, you don't want to go through that cycle because it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of a weird cycle. Yeah. Unless you, it, yeah. I mean, look at, look at Jacksonville. Good. It's like a, a, over the last 11 years, I think they've had like, uh, you know, uh, they've lost 130 games. They've had more coaching change. They've only had one winning season. <clears throat> and then you look at it and you say, uh, well, <laughs> What's 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 gone wrong there? And again, it's like it's if you have the right coach, Seattle has the right coach. Sean McVay was the right coach for New Orleans. I mean, you don't make mm-hmm. changes. No, you don't. You don't. Regardless of you know, and, and that you bring up a good point. You know who has a real good criteria on that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, no and doubt. You look at them. In, what three coaches in the last what forty years? Yeah, since well, even longer than that, since what nineteen sixty nine when they hired yeah. Chuck Noll. Yeah. Chuck Noll, three coaches, him, Chuck Noll, Bill Cowley, now Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Regardless if you go through a bad season, if that coach still has a, a, a forward thinking as far right. as getting that team right and doing the right thing, I think you stick with that guy unless it's just something that's just awful. Right, but, agreed. You know, they, they stick with the program, and they've been successful. Uh-huh. What, six Super Bowls? Yeah. I mean, that, that's success. And they've not. I mean, you know? Mike Tomlin's not had a losing season at all. No. And he continues. And he continues to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You make a lot of sense on that. You, it, it, I think it's got from the top in some of those organizations. Yeah. It's got to start from the top. Yeah. yeah. There's just, there's two. There are too many changes. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's hey, J- JB. I've got I've got I've got to run. Mr. Clay. Enjoy. Have a good day, and we'll talk next week. You're all possible. Okay, sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. We go to Raider Jim. Well, as we reflect on the week, what do you think of the hiring of Josh McDaniels? Well, John, I, you know, <laughs> I, was, I, I, was, I was on the fence, frankly. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I, I think it makes some sense. I mean, John, look, we have talked every Saturday now for at least nine years. And whether I'm in Tampa on business or visiting family and friends in California, I have the opportunity to talk ball each Saturday with you, John. And I'm just so thankful to you, your audience, and your colleagues at 710 ESPN Seattle. And um, I'm just going to throw the question right back to you. I mean, what do you think? I think that uh, the Raiders, have, you know, the Raiders' recent move, they have pivoted once more, uh, moving away from uh, dysfunction, as we saw yeah. displayed earlier this year, 
more towards a synergy with those hires, Dave Ziegler as the GM and Josh McDaniels as head coach. And it was also nice to see that they uh, they brought in Champ Kelly from Chicago Bears as an assistant uh-huh. general manager, and they cre- they created a position for him. They were so impressed with him. And so those are those are some good signs, I think. Uh, it's also a testament to um, keeping Derek Carr. And, uh, I mean, I was scratching my head, and I know you're good at pointing this out. You, know, you want to get rid of a quarterback, too. What's, what are you going to use to replace him with? <laughs> mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, what were what were the Raiders done? And, and there's not a good solution. And Derek Carr played well last year in spite of all of the travails and in spite of everything. Right, I agree. So I, I think it's a testament that they're going to keep uh, Derek Carr and they're going to run an offense where the red zone has been paltry. I mean, they're at 27, 28, 29 the last three years. have been terrible. Mm-hmm. Whereas Josh McDaniels, I think he's in the top top 10 uh, running offenses and red zone efficiency. Well, of course. So, of course a lot. Do you think a, Tom Brady had a little bit to do with that? Oh, golly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> golly, when you have yes, the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, your stats are going to be so much more elevated than any other coach. Yeah. I mean, he's the greatest of all time, mm-hmm. no question. However, they did point out in the news conference when they announced the hires of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler that it was a fumble. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Josh said so in his press conference. Speaking of the talk rule, they're going to have a 30 for 30 uh-huh. on ESPN tomorrow it airs. And they brought in Brady. They brought in um, Charles Woodson. They brought in Eric Allen. Uh, by the way, apparently, Charles Woodson and Tom Brady have never talked face-to-face about this. Wow. It's been 20 years. And, you know, and they're two they're, – they're, one's a Hall of Famer and one's going to for sure be a Hall of Famer. Right, right. And, and, and then they also brought in Walt Coleman, mm-hmm. who's never publicly spoken about it. I mean, John, I'm so traumatized by that one play yeah. that I don't even buy Coleman stuff for camping. That's how bad. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I just don't do it. That's that's that, that's, ta- that's taking it right down to the wire. That's for sure. What's what's that? That's taking it right down to the wire. You won't even buy. <laughs> so, you know, there are certain plays, and you you know, you covered another controversial play, mm-hmm. probably, probably the most the two most controversial plays the Raiders have been involved with, the the, the immaculate reception, right, and, and the tuck roll. Uh-huh. And both went against the Raiders because they've had some calls that were on their way that are also controversial. Uh-huh. But I think those are. The, what do you think, John? Are those the two most controversial plays in all of football? Yeah, that. I mean, there's no question. I mean, because again, it's like, uh, you know, I still thought that uh, it was an illegal catch for the uh, Steelers, and right. it should have gone to the Raiders. And obviously, the Tuck rule, I, I, I never bought into the moment I saw it. You know, because right. you know, it's like you know, particularly you know, and the rule back then was one where I mean, you have to bring your hand if you're throwing a pass all the way down to your belt buckle for it to be, uh, you know, a, 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 for not to be a fumble. It's right. like, what are you kidding me? Right. I mean, it's going to be a fumble if you ever bring it all the way down to your belt buckle. That's crazy. It is crazy. And, and and everyone knew it was crazy at the time, and it did not pass the view test. Mm-hmm. That just can't be. That just can't be right. That just can't be right. I'll never forget Charles Woodson's press conference after the game, and I, he was a rookie that year. And 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 apparently Eric Allen got the got the call. Mm-hmm. Charlie Weiss had called the play, and brought it in on that snowy day in New England. And 
Eric Allen heard the play and he told his defense, and that's why they were able to make that play. Right. Okay. So Charles Wilson comes on a, on a corner cornerback blitz, tomahawk chop, and the ball comes out. And Charles Wilson said at the end of the a game, he got two sentences, four words: he said, "Ball out, game over," and he left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And uh, and so they're going to go into it a lot with the thirty to thirty thing. And look, every like those controversial plays, it doesn't come down to that one play. Right. It's down to other plays that have the key before that major mistakes, major not, not being able to perform. Mm-hmm. So the Raiders are culpable there, you know. But you know, it, it, a lot of Raiders fans won't want to hear that. No, they but don't. They didn't play as well as they could have, you know. And they made it close. And then it, and then the launching of the two. Two uh, teams after that, that play, the, the Patriots became ascendant, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and the Raiders, along with the Bo Jackson uh, thing, the Raiders had been have been in decline, and they have really never recovered. <laughs> well, if you, if you and, think if you think about it, most of the great teams have had some kind of a play like that that went in their favor, even if it was the wrong call to help them out. I mean, what helped put the uh, the, the uh, Seahawks over the top, the fail Mary play, right? Fail Mary because again, it's like uh, you know that that gave them a little bit of an impetus, even though again that should have been you know that, that should not have been a touchdown or anything of that nature. But again, it was the fail Mary, and so they were able to benefit by that. Yeah, yeah. Every oh, every. Hey Jim, Jim I, I, I've got to run. Okay, John, take care. Okay. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Tara in Mercer Island. Hey, Tara. Hi, Mr. Clinton. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Um, given the Seahawks promoted Clint Hurt to the defensive um, coordinator and um, they um, signed um, Ed Donatel to, the, um, to a spot we don't know what, He'll fail yeah. right now, but do you see any other moves coming? Well, we'll see if they uh, they're able to get uh, Gaze out of the uh, the Chicago Bears, you know, because again they they he's he they they interviewed him for the coordinator job, and that would be three former coaches of the Bears that are all together. Now, in the case of Donatel, I mean, you know, he even goes back to 1983 with Pete Carroll at the University of Pacific and was on the Jets staff and all that stuff. And his his specialty, more than anything else, is the secondary. But, uh, you know, I, 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 what I like about it is that instead of just having one mind working with Pete Carroll, you have three. In, whether it's two or three, but you have multiple ideas that can be put around and carried through each week. Right, I agree with you. Kind of doing it um, in like a committee, and yeah. I like the point you brought up of the secondary because, given all the ailments of COVID and then um, the injuries, I really like how Trey Brown played last year. But if um, Donatel is named to as a secondary coach, like you said, that yeah. would be really good. Yeah, because again, he's a he's a really good coach, and he had a great season last year. You know, the uh, Broncos, you know, statistically had just great numbers. I think they had the third fewest points allowed. Uh, their secondary was fantastic, and so no, I think that uh, it's, it's this is a good sign and a good start to the off season. And moving on to the Pro Bowls, um, 
the Pro Bowl skills. Yeah. Um, Don, you mentioned how good Russell Wilson looked, and I thought he looked really good, too. Um, I wasn't really nervous. I was just more curious of why he was um, missing the intermediate throws. And like you said yesterday to um, Bob and Dave, you talked to Jake a little bit about mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and it's really a minute detail, but on the mid-level um, passes, it felt like his mechanics were a little bit out of sorts, and I'm glad they're back. Do you have any insights, or what do you think of that point? No, I, I agree 100%, because, again, I mean, the way he was throwing and how, how good he was and his mechanics were flawless. I mean, you know, what, eight out of the first nine passes I think he completed, and he was the only one to get the moving target and all those different things. I mean, he was great, and that's a great sign for the off season and a great sign for next season. Yeah. Now my last question is, um, with the Hall of Fame votes coming up, I think either this weekend or next weekend, do you think Mike Holmgren has a shot of getting in this year? This year, no, because you know, the, the coaches committee, I'm not on the coaches committee, but the coaches committee nominated uh, Dick Vermeil. And so uh, we're hoping for Mike Holmgren for next year because he certainly deserves to get in there. But uh, this year, and again, we, 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 we voted already, but we can't say anything about what we voted for, any of the results and all that stuff. We have to wait till you know February 10th on Thursday when they have the awards ceremony to get uh, the official word who's in and who's out. Thank you for taking my call. Okay, Tara. Hey, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. We'll keep you updated on all the news. Kellen Moore did make it down to Miami to get his second interview. And, of course, uh, tomorrow they're supposed to bring in Mike McDaniel, who is the uh, offensive coordinator of San Francisco, and then make a decision on who's going to be their head coach. Uh, Want to get your phone calls at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Thoughts on the uh, Seahawks' moves for defensive coaches? Thoughts on, uh, you know, Russell Wilson and, uh, you know, you know, one of the other things on the Russell Wilson front, you know, when he was at the skills competition, he was interviewed afterwards and said how he still wants to remain a Seattle Seahawk and not get out of his contract or anything else. Let's go to Bill uh, in Seattle. Hey, Bill. Well, hi, John. Hey, great talking to you. I have a question about the L.A. Rams. Um, yeah, go ahead. It's been said that Sean McVay, Coach McVay has got a photographic or close to it memory, mm -hmm. and um, I just—if you watch his interviews, he's just a great communicator. He loves his players. My question for you is: It seems to me like his his confidence is so strong. He reminds me of the confidence personally of John Gruden. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Oh, no question about it. And I think their personalities are a little bit similar too. You know, in, in uh, you know how how they do things, but no, I think that uh, that's a great comparison. And you know the story about uh, his you know a, a photographic mind and all that stuff is a hundred percent true because you know you can interview him and he can go back five, six, seven years and give you the exact things that happen on certain plays, which is incredible. Oh, I mean, can you yeah. imagine that? 
Yeah, it's just interesting. I don't know. I'm a Seahawks fan, but it, yeah. it is fascinating watching his uh, interviews. He's just mm-hmm. uh, what a communicator. Anyway, uh, I predict. You know, I kind of hate to say, but I think the Rams are going to win this big game. Kind of us, kind of up in nine more days. I really think they're going to overpower and uh, the Bengals, especially yeah. with the pass rush, the defense, and then Stafford throws to the receivers. I just think they're going to prevail. Yeah, well, one of the keys that happened was Odell Beckham actually came on and started playing like the old Odell Beckham. That helped, and actually Cooper Cup has just been unbelievable this season, one of the greatest seasons for a wide receiver we've ever seen. And then we'll see if Cam Akers can continue to evolve in the backfield. Yeah, um, they did a, the Yakima Herald newspaper, John, did an extensive interview with their with Cooper Cup's father, who was a former quarterback. Yeah, and he said they asked him why is why is he so good? He just said that he's got a Cooper has an uncanny ability to sense spatial awareness through vision and through feel. He can sense who's around him. He, he said it's just a rare, rare thing. Well, and also I think that what other people say about Cooper Cup is that uh, the way his mind works on the field is much like what you saw with Peyton Manning and the way his mind was on the field. You know, because even though Cup's a wide receiver, he seems to have a quarterback mentality. And he and you're right about his vision to be able to see things that very few receivers see. Yeah. My last question for you, John. You know. Do you do you agree with me that Philip Rivers deserves the Hall of Fame? He's number five yeah. all time just in passing yards. Just that alone, you know, it, it's, it's too bad he was stuck on a team that wasn't great for mm-hmm. very long. You know, <laughs> not much. But but I really am a fan of Philip Rivers making the Hall. Yeah, I, I am too. I don't know if he's going to make first ballot, but I definitely think that he should make it because you know he had such a great career the longevity of his career, you're right about the numbers, and just the way he handled things. Because he was smart, he got rid of the ball quickly, and he was just a great quarterback. So, no, I think that, uh, in my eyes, he's deserving in five years to get voted into, well, actually, not four years, because uh, he didn't play last year, but in four years getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, hey, thanks very much, John. Okay, Bill, hey, thank you. Let's go to Mike in Renton. Hey, Mike. Good morning, John. Good morning. Hey, John. Yes. I know you're feeling a little bit better, but I think after Sunday, next Sunday, you and Pat deserve a vacation. Ugh. You need to take some time off and get some yeah. rest. I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, because uh, to take to you know to go anywhere and take Pat, because again, I have yeah. to find a hotel yeah. that has you know so many different things. It has to have yeah. a hospital bed. It yeah. has to have a lift. Uh, mm-hmm. We have to bring a caregiver with us, yeah. and it's so difficult. But I mean, you know, like I haven't had a vacation mm-hmm. in uh, what seven, eight years, wow. something like that. My heart goes out to you. Maybe you might want to think go somewhere local. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, hard to tell. I mean, yeah. again, it's still if we're staying, if we're going someplace, uh, you know, you just don't want to go someplace and uh, you know go there in the morning and then come back in the evening, right? Yeah. You, know, you want to go to someplace and rest. That's and true. That's, and that's what, like, I, I need to go someplace and rest. Yeah. Well, uh, it'll happen sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. Hey, John, did you see that Cincinnati game against yes, Kansas City? sure did. Boy, I tell you, that Joe Burrow, isn't oh, he the real fantastic. deal? He is a, he's remarkable. Oh, man. But you know what, John? I'm not counting him out Sunday. No, you can't. Oh, this kid, man, he is cool. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, my God, he didn't blink an eye when that pass rush came from Kansas City. Nine sacks. Yeah. He was sacked nine times. Yeah, any other quarterback would be, you know, gun-shy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I mean, it's incredible. But, again, I think that speaks so well of the AFC. Yeah. Just look at all the young quarterbacks that are oh, there. Oh, there's a lot of them. There's, they're loaded. It's amazing. Yep. I got one problem with Cincinnati. That's why Uh-oh. I say to a lot of Steeler fans that that division's going to be up for grab next year. Yeah, they got a lot of good players on both sides of the ball. They do. And, and and Cincinnati, they got cheap ownership. They don't believe in paying players, and I see a lot of those players leaving. Mm-hmm. Well, and that 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 would help the Steelers out for sure. I know it will because that ownership, man, they they're just downright cheap. Uh huh. So, uh, like I tell a lot of Steeler fans, keep your hopes up. My that division next year is going to be up for grab. Hey, John, I want to ask you something. Yeah. Your opinion: Who is the best wide receiver? Is it Cooper Cup or Dante Adams? Uh, right now, I would say Devontae Adams, with Cup being second. Uh, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. The reason okay. why. I was watching him last Sunday. You know, when he comes out of his break, mm-hmm. he, he kind of lulls you to sleep. He kind of lulls you. Then all of a sudden, bam, a burst of speed. Right. And this kid, man, he is good, man. It's just his route running. Oh, phenomenal. Oh, this, I think he's the number one receiver in football. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. Nobody's put up the numbers that he's put up. Yeah. He, he won the triple crown. Yeah. Hey, John, are the Steelers under the cap or over the cap? Uh, they are under the cap. Oh, good. So we got some wiggle room to make some yes. deals then, huh? Yes. Yeah. Oh. And, 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 of course, I mean, you know, the big thing is, is that, uh, you know, they don't have, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's salary or anything like that. It's not like they're rich or anything of that nature. And it's still going to be, you know, a challenge to you know, keep guys and do all those different things. But they do have some cap room. Yeah. Hey, John, are you going to that game Sunday? I'm no. Staying? No, I'm oh, staying, staying home. I'm staying home, yeah. Okay. All right, John, you have a good weekend. Take care. Okay, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Roger Goodell sent a memo to uh, all the NFL teams saying that they're going to have some outside experts look at the Brian Flores situation as far as diversity, lack of hiring, you know, sham interviews, and I'm sure also too they're going to have to investigate, you know, the allegation that uh, there was a hundred thousand dollar a game offer for losses by the owner of the uh, Miami Dolphins. Let's go to Mike in University Place. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing. I just met many blessings and wishes to you and Pat, by the way. Oh, hey, thank you so much. I appreciate and that. So I thank you. You're thank you for saying thank you. Um, but uh, I kind of turned a blind eye to the situation at first with the blind uh, Brian Flores situation. Yeah. But I really kind of started thinking about it, and it's like, it's like, now if you're getting paid a hundred thousand dollars to lose, now that's a whole different story. But like, isn't for years everybody's like suck for luck and tank for Tua, and it's a strategy move. Yeah. And, like, what's the difference between that and that? Because how do we know that well, other... The, the thing is, is that uh, if, if he can... If Brian Flores can prove that there was you know, a $100,000 offer of a, a game to lose... Now, remember, he, he said he turned it down. He didn't collect a dime. I agree. And so it's like... I agree, uh, and that's the thing. He's innocent. I think... Yeah, I, well, I, I think, well, I think I really kind of respect him a lot because even with the lawsuit, he's not suing for money; he's suing for change. Yeah. And so with that, 
with that and an investigation, is that going to open this massive Pandora's box of, of coaches getting fired left and right when that's like the strategy? No, I I'm, guess. No, probably not. I mean, again, you know, it's, it's usually five to seven every year. This year it turned out to be nine. And, you know, it's, uh, there's a consistency uh, to to that, but I don't think it's going to open up a Pandora's box. I mean, what it, what it needs to do is open up the box so that uh, minority coaches get hired. You know, because you think about the the idea. Last year there was only three in the league, two got fired. Uh-huh. Now we're down to Mike Tomlin, and that's it. Well, that's hard. I totally, I totally agree. And, and do you do you think that uh, the Rooney Rule is a little outdated? No, but they or keep like before, well, they, it was meant just to get them in the door, and yeah, now yeah. it's like they're in the door. But if you're not good enough to get the job, like I'm not, I'm not saying they're not good enough to get the job, but like it just kind of seems like we're kind of keep tripping over the same situation. Where I don't know well, the way I feel is like I don't care what your minority or color yeah. or skin or whatever. If you're good enough to get the job, you're good enough to get the job. Yeah, I mean I don't think it's a it's outdated, but I think what it is, it's just not working. You know, because again, and maybe this is a situation where you look and you say, okay, what can help to get owners to hire minority coaches and you can't force owners to hire minority coaches and so it's like uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah. good no, yeah. it's, uh, it's it, it, is it kind of similar to like the baseball players union where it's just kind of like they, they, you know it's almost like it just needs to be fixed it's kind of it's kind of different and like so you know and like so like rob snyder for the mm-hmm. redskins is a really perfect example owner and he got busted for what he did, and he ended up giving the team to his wife. Yeah. And he still gets the money in the household, and they changed the name of their of the football team. They hired a really awesome coach from Ron Rivera that's highly respected. Right. And kind of do those things. It's kind of just save face rather than actually make a change. Yeah, but could, so you, did you see this story? Did you see yeah. the story that came out in the last 24 hours? That uh, yeah, where, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely yeah, you know. And so it's just another thing like that, you know. I mean, so that's what I'm saying is like an owner like that. Yeah. Can can save face and do all that, and then he can go and have reports of high, getting people to sit next to him at tables and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, you know, it just it just it doesn't it does it seems like we're constantly recycling mm-hmm. something without change. Yeah, like well, the, you know, but, and then like but, if he's getting, I'm sorry, you go ahead. No, I was like he he you know I, if you're getting paid a hundred thousand dollars to yeah. lose, then that's different. You know, those guys are out there busting their butts off to get there, and and, and you know, and if they. It's, a, it's not only a contract, but it's a tryout for another team if that's the case. Yeah. And so, but, and so it, it, I totally understand what the player's situation is, but, like, what's the difference between, like, take away the $100,000 yeah. loss, but, like, but teams can suck for luck and tank for Tua and do, like, so, but, but like, everybody looks at that as, like, a thumbs up, like a strategy play. Uh-huh. Like, how do we know that those coaches didn't get paid X amount of money? Nope. You know what I, I mean? And so, Yeah. Yeah. No, it's bad. It's a it's a bad situation. I don't know how long it's going to take on the investigation, but they need to check it out and they need to get an answer as quickly as possible. Hey, thank you for the phone call. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Irish Menke. Hello, Mr. Layton. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. And you sound wonderful, too, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. So, Mr. Clayton, yeah. you know, you do have date night on Friday. Yeah, I didn't this week. I understand, but don't you think it's about time you have a sleep night for Mr. Clayton? Well, that's what I've been doing. I mean, for example, uh, two out of the last three Friday nights, I haven't gone out uh, on Friday night because I am trying to 
get some sleep. And like, for, you know, for example, today, I'm going to go back and try to get some sleep. But yeah, uh, yeah I've been I've been trying. And so, you know, sometimes it's funny because, you know, my sleeping patterns are are inconsistent. Like, well, get, you're up all night on the computer and stuff. Probably. No, I, no, I, I, no, I put the computer away early. Yeah. So, so what I was thinking more really yeah. is not the Friday. Don't want to rob the Friday thing. Yeah. But I was thinking maybe a Tuesday, a Thursday kind of a deal where you, you just set aside a Tuesday. Uh, optimum to me would be two twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday. But I, of course, I don't know what your schedules are. Yeah. And if nothing else, maybe for just one night, maybe a Wednesday night. It just seems like Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, based on the the action in the NFL, uh-huh. those days might be the soft spot in your schedule. But I don't know. But so twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you you bring in uh, some help to to allow you to sleep all night. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And, and uh, you know, just some, I would consider something like that. Well, no, remember I bring in help all the time because I, I understand. But this yeah. would be. This would be uh, this would be dedicated to you being mm-hmm. able to get a solid night's rest on a twice a week Tuesday or Thursday. But if you can't do that, at least once a week Wednesday, and wherever you can slip in a few little naps here and there. Yeah. So so be it. But but actually, like I said, it would be dedicated to uh, Mr. Clayton's sleep night. Yeah, I would. I, I like that. Yeah, and here's the, how inconsistent it is. You know, like for example, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Thursday night, you know, because I have a Fitbit watch, and uh, you know, it, it said I had ten hours and forty six minutes. Right, so, but see, you're 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 going in and out. You're not you're not actually getting. Oh no, agreed. agreed. You're not getting that solid sleep, which is something you have to train yourself mm-hmm. with. That's why I'm saying twice a week would, would be probably better because it would allow you to actually create a sleep cycle that right. was solid and not just constantly in and out of sleep, you mm-hmm. know? No, that's good advice. I appreciate that. Austin and turning. Yeah. And, but so quickly here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so much to talk about. You know, it was a shame this week. Uh, the Shriners game was happening. Yeah. And, and, you know, I go back in the days when that Shriners game was a big to-do, mm-hmm. you know? It, it represents the key. It, the, what it represents is, is fantastic. But it was actually a a must-watch football game, which it no longer is. It's sort of lost in the shuffle here, you know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, and I think you're starting to see this with all the All-Star games. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, for example, I mean, did you did anybody even see the East-West game? No, of no. course not. We have the Senior Bowl today, <clears throat> but I, I don't know if anybody even watched the practices that they had a couple times this week. Could this be because of the monopoly that ESPN has on college football and, mm. and not a lot, not other, other entities not being able to actually pick up these games and, and run them? Well, I think what it comes down to is that, uh, you know, there's so many options, you know, particularly now. Uh, I mean, of course, it wasn't a, a year ago or so because nobody could hardly do anything with the pandemic. But again, it's like, OK, so now here you have um, the, uh, you know, the Senior Bowl today. But I mean, what ESPN and all the networks have like about, uh, you know, 40, I mean, 30 basketball games on television. Right. And then, then you have the NBA. That's there. And so, wow. you know, so you, you throw all that together and I think it it, it saturates you know, what you can do if you want to, you know, be watching an all-star game. So let's 
quickly go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, you know, I just missed out having both my predictions last week come true. You mm-hmm. know, I picked the Bengals, and I also took the 49ers. And if Garoppolo had yeah. choked like he does in that fourth quarter, I, I don't think you'd be seeing the L.A. Uh, uh, Rams playing in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But, hey, so what strikes me, though, with, with Cincinnati – it sure is. I, I'm keeping. I'm thinking back to. This reminds me a lot uh, of the Joe Namath Colts game Super yeah. Bowl. Super Bowl three, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just see. I just sense there seems to be a lot of that happening right now. The Rams are everybody's outright favorite. They're going to kill the Bengals, but they forgot that kid, that quarterback. Right. Right. He's, he's a Joe Namath kind of kid. Mm-hmm. You know, Agreed. just you know, he, he he just struck. It just seems like, you know, I, I I'm taking the Bengals again. Yeah, like, well, see, and now you get you see why I stayed away from predictions. It's like, yeah, oh well, of course, uh, you yeah. know, the, uh, this year, this year. I mean, again, sometimes I'll make him, <sighs> but this year is just impossible. Hey, Irish, I've got to run. Hey. Get that sleep night program, Mr. Clayton. Okay, sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.